this is Unfunded Parties, your podcast for learning more about the world around you. I'm Parth Shukla. This episode, we look into chocolate, where it comes from, an unsettled dispute, and why it needs more attention. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've had chocolate at least in some form or shape in your lifetime. Chocolate happens to be so widely loved that with just a little nudge and a small loan from a Swiss bank, you could probably form a religion out of it. I'm pretty sure someone already has. And if the thought of life without chocolate being around at all scares you, let alone it being your third full meal of the day, be thankful of the time you were born in. Because if you were born before the 16th century, you'd probably still have a pandemic to worry about but no chocolate to curb your hunger. Before then, chocolate was only found in Mesoamerica, which is pretty much close and below to wherever you think Mexico is, not the new one, in a form much different than our present day sweet slash bitter, comforting, melt in your mouth confection. Back in 1900 BCE, The Mesoamerican people took the beans of the native cacao tree, ground and mixed it with cornmeal and then added chili peppers to create a drink. Now please note, this is not your spiced hot cocoa on a lovely winter evening. This is an alternate version of a bowel movement after a drunken bender at your local Taco Bell. Taco Bell sir, we don't serve Big Macs. Despite as bad as it sounds, The Mesoamericans loved their chocolate. In fact, they thought cacao was a heavenly food given to them by a flying snake god. They valued their cacao beans so much that they even used it as currency, gave it as a reward to their soldiers, and drank chocolate at their aristocratic events. Eventually, in the 1500s, the Spanish unexpectedly invaded Mesoamerica and took back some cocoa beans for their own use. It later spread to the Italians, the Brits, with active ingredients of the original drink being changed in a weird act of cultural exchange. The water was replaced with milk and sugar was added to create a hot and exotic beverage. By the early 1600s, no wealthy home would be complete without dedicated chocolate ware. These guys were so hipster that they even did their whole pretentious hipster coffee shebang before it was cool. With chocolate gaining popularity, it also found its use in medicine. Despite still being an alien item from across the ocean, pretty much everyone approved the idea of chocolate curing their ailments. Due to the stories told by the Spaniards about Mesoamerica and the magical beans, It even gained popularity as an aphrodisiac to an extent where the Marquis de Sade, a popular French nobleman got addicted to it and fueled ferocious orgies with its help. Now that's one way to combine your addictions, Monsieur Sade. The invention of the cocoa press in 1828 by a Mr. Conrad Van Houten of Amsterdam changed the game for chocolate because now you could separate cocoa butter and be left with a powder 
to either make it a drinkable solution or be added back to cocoa butter and combine it to make a solid form of chocolate. The most popular form of chocolate or milk chocolate was soon to follow. It came to exist when a Swiss chocolatier, Daniel Peter, added powdered milk which was a creation of his neighbor to the overall mix of the ingredients. Don't forget to love thy neighbors, listeners, because for all you know, your neighbors just might be Henry Nestle. With things now coming to a scale, the so-called food of the gods was no longer an exclusivity of the elite and something that could be consumed by the common man. Soon, chocolate would evolve to be turned into its many different variants, like dark, white, compound, and the most recent creation, ruby. Today, the types of chocolate sound less like edible items and more like Pokemon game titles. At some point through this evolution, the line between what's chocolate and what's not was blurred, which gave rise to the question, should white chocolate even be considered chocolate? To help you answer this question, I will tell you about some basic facts. After the cocoa beans have been separated into cocoa butter and other substances, the chocolate making separates into a few streams. The classification of the chocolate ends up depending on how much cocoa butter and other solids are added to the final mix. While the primary ingredient in your classic milk and dark chocolate is cocoa powder, white chocolate's primary ingredient is cocoa butter. Combine those fatty acids with sugar, vanilla, and dried milk and you've got white chocolate. But it's everything that white chocolate is not that makes white chocolate everything it is. White chocolate is a chocolate without cocoa liqueur, a paste made out of roasted beans, an intricately complex compound that gives you all the hints, tinges and whatnots of the world of flavor. The health benefit compounds of the dark chocolate world that are called polyphenols are also missing from white chocolate. White chocolate is pretty much just fat and sugar. While those two things combined in the right proportions are enough to satisfy most taste buds, they may not be something you want to have on a daily basis. Some researchers have attempted to make this confection healthier for consumption and have been relatively successful. However, their works are still a long way from coming out of their labs. Some companies are consistently innovating in the segment of premium white chocolate by using either better tasting or healthier alternatives. Most white chocolate is made out of deodorized cocoa butter. However, attempts are being made to use non-deodorized cocoa butter in chocolate making as it resists oxidation for longer and contains natural vitamin E, making it not only a complex tasting thing, but also a much more nutritive substance. The importance of milk used is just as prominent, as it also adds to the flavor complexity. Cow, goat, and to keep up with the needs of the rising vegans, soy, rice, oat, cashew, pretty much anything that you can milk, with the exception of the new Star Wars movies. 
Despite all the creative variables at the hand of the fine chocolate maker, white chocolate will probably be reserved for further product development in the niche of the fine chocolate world for the coming years. So that's the current state of affairs for white chocolate. But is it really chocolate? While the US and EU regulations sort of classify it as chocolate, their idea of what chocolate can be is so confusing that you'll find yourself lost more philosophically than you were before reading the regulations. I feel that white chocolate lacks the chemical complexity and flavors that milk and dark chocolate hold, but it does taste oddly nice coated around stuff. I'll leave you with that idea. Let me know what you think. Perhaps prop up this question at your next party. See what opinions come your way. In my experience, people can be extremely emotional and aggressive about their chocolate. I like my chocolate like I like my jokes. Dark and complex with unnecessarily large number of layers to unwrap. What one says about chocolate should never be able to dictate your personal chocolate enjoyment experience. However, remember this. With the increasing demand and the need for scale in the world of chocolate, instead of having slaves from Africa being shipped to South American cocoa plantations, the cocoa plantations got shifted to Africa. This was done to an extent where today Ivory Coast and Ghana supply about two-fifths of the world's cocoa. Despite the development and growth in the world of chocolate, grave abuse of human rights is still extremely prominent. A major portion of the plantations in Western Africa that are supplying to big-name Western companies continue to use slave and child labor, with over two million children lives being affected Efforts from some companies in cooperation with African nations are still being made, but the problem still widely persists and needs active solutions. So the next time you're eating a chocolate bar while binging the fifth season of New Girl on Netflix, or impressing your lover with an assorted box of animal-shaped sweets, remember that little Kofi, Kwame, and Kushiva are biting their tongue against the whip for each bite of your enjoyment. I'm Fun at Parties is written, edited, and produced by me, Parth Shukla. This episode was recorded out of my brother's walk-in closet in the beautiful Berlin, Germany. Follow this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you find your podcasts. Hope this one was fun. And I'll see you at the next one.